Academy Sports and Outdoors has you covered with everything you need to have fun out there. Order online at academy.com or on the Academy app and pick up in store or get free shipping on most orders. Shop Academy Sports and Outdoors. Free shipping applies to most orders over $25. Online sign required. Bobby Farron, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. Luscious Jewels, Rex Goodrum, good to see you guys. And who else do we have hanging on out here? Sensational Sherry is here. And uh, let's take a look. Scroll up a little bit here. Super Knower, Steve Wolf. Good to have you guys here. Carfuni Bray. Welcome to the show, buddy. And uh, War Eagle. Where the hell is Doug Shelby? How the hell do we start the show without the Doug Shelby? Where is he? He hasn't arrived yet. Well, this show's gone for a shit already. Anyways, Lisa Compton's looking lovely tonight. And, uh, well, let's see. Uh, we're all caught up there. Oh, no Doug Shelby yet. Holy cow. The gorgeous Avi May, thank you for joining us. And uh, I think we're caught up. I do believe we are officially caught up. Oh, there's Digger Dog. All right. If Doug Shelby comes in tonight, we all got to ignore him because we couldn't start the show because of him. Oob to Joe's Bane, you've got Lola. Yeah, you do, that cute little puppy, Lola. And uh, thank you, Becky, for the compliment on my beard. It's looking nice. We got 10 seconds. Super Chat is open. But first, I need a little love, people. You know what I need at this time. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show for you tonight. We're going to go into the woods of Georgia where Kristen Payton is going to join us to talk about the legend of Sasquatch and other monsters that she's chasing on down as well. In hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller has another spooky story for us. Bigfoot Michigan Rob is going to fill in for Super Duke on the Cryptid Report. And Shirky Poo's got the news. But before that, we will have the Dave 101. Let's get right to it, shall we? All right, Kristen Payton is a Bigfoot and paranormal field researcher from Northeast Georgia. She's a registered nurse by trade at her local hospital, but it's the cryptids that keep her going. She had her first sighting at just 16 years old. After that experience, she has jumped feet first into the cryptid world, a boots-on-the-ground researcher. She's tough, she's mean, she'll even growl back at the legendary Sasquatch. And this is why we wanted to bring her on, because when you're that rough, and that tough, and you're going after these monsters, 
you got to have a little edge to you, which is why we bring Kristen Payton into Spaced Out Radio tonight. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Well, thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Great. Thank you so much. Looking well, forward to the show. Well, we're going to have some fun tonight. And, and I want to start off with you, my friend, in regards to talking about going back in your own personal history when you were 16 years old and you had this incredible encounter. Tell us what happened back then. So it was definitely a life-changing event. And still when I speak about it, I get very tense and a little nervous because I'm kind of reliving it all over again. But at the age of 16, I was I played in a band. I played in a country band and lived with my parents at that time, 30 acres in a small town in northeast Georgia, pretty much fully fully covered in woods. Um, property was lined with a beaver pond, swampy-like area. One side, the other corner was a, actually a creek. So you could travel 30 acres straight back into the woods and get out on a little point and actually look out over the beaver pond and see eagle nests. Um, several eagles in the area. They're Unfortunately, they're gone now, but there were plenty there. Just beautiful. So band practice. Um, we took a break. Uh, so I was like, you know, let's hop on the ATV. We'll head down in the woods talking to, it was actually the lead singer, guitarist, wife. She is, I'm saying, in her early 50s. So I want to show you the eagles. She's like, well, okay, great. Let's let's go. Here we go. We were not looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> we were not looking for anything except to see some eagles on this 20-minute break from band practice. Um, so we hop on the ATV, head down the little road, um, go all the way to the back of the property. And it's getting dusk. Not quite dusk, but it's on its way there. It's in the evening. Summertime, too. So all the leaves on the trees, just beautiful, green, everything green. Um, we get to the top of the hill and park the four-wheeler. And we walk down the little, what we call a little pig path here in Georgia. We'll be in and out of the trees and get down to the edge of the pond and the creek. And we are looking, and I'm showing her where the nests are, and, and several little nests. And it's, you hear the little birds chirping, the creeks running. It's beautiful, so peaceful, until something starts coming toward us. And I'm not good with distance at all. I'm not good with distance. But I'm guessing... We were probably about 30 yards from the ATV. You have to walk down a little hill. The area flattens out. So we're sitting there looking at the eagle nest um, and this thing. I don't know what I want to say Bigfoot, but I can't say for certain. But this thing <laughs> comes towards us, barreling towards us through the woods on the side of the ridgeline. And as it's coming towards us, you can see the trees just kind of bending as it moves towards us. And it's, it's coming fast. And that, that, was, that was quite frightening. It stops in between us and the ATV that was parked on the hill. Um, 15 to 20 yards from us, maybe. But the, the leaves are thick. It's very thick forest. So you can't see that well. Um, she starts screaming. 
She grabs me, throws me in front of her, and starts screaming, we're going to die. I'm offered up for sacrifice. Well, that's nice of her. I mean, you know, I mean, hey, better you than her, right? I mean. Right. <laughs> but no, um, she she throws me out in front of her and she said, where she starts screaming and crying, she's screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. Because this thing is blocking us and the four-wheeler, in between us and the four-wheeler. We cannot see exactly what it is. But it is a massive object. How, um, if there's something in the woods, you can see the sunlight being blocked out between the leaves. You can see a massive figure in the woods. But it's very wide. Um, I always describe it as I've been up against football players with all their little garb on stuff, um, gear. And the width of it was as wide, if not a little wider than them. Just massive. The height, I'm saying seven-ish foot tall, maybe up to eight. Huge. The woods went from birds chirping, normal, beautiful forest, to dead silence. Um, You could hear a pin drop. I knew something wasn't right. You know, in my mind, I'm sitting here going, this is not a human because it is just too massive. I understand there are ghillie suits out there. I've seen plenty of them. Right. Still too massive. It's not a bear. We've had bear on the property. I'm familiar with bear. Not a bear. Um, no other animal that lives in our woods that it would match the description of. So this encounter probably lasted seconds. And it seemed like it lasted several minutes. Because it was, I was terrified. It does not move. It does not make a sound. You know, people ask me, did you smell it? I didn't smell it. But it stood there for ever how long it was there. A few seconds, probably. And it turns and walks away from us. It doesn't get down on the fours. It's not scrambling through the forest. It walks. You can hear the footfalls, but as it crosses that little pig path that we come down to get to the edge of the property, clearly an arm swings out, like as if somebody walking and swinging their arms. It swings out into view. Massive forearm, massive hand. And that's what sticks in my mind. I don't know what so if I if I get this correct, it, it it's staring at you. You are the sacrificial lamb here because the older lady decides that you're not as important as she is in her life. And I, I hope that taught you a lesson there right off the bat. But the idea that this creature, it, it, it must have been just staring at you. Well, I mean, you two are freaking out here a little bit. Yeah. You're screaming, you're yelling. And it must have been really confused. Like, hey, hold on here. I'm, I'm not here to harm you. I'm just checking you out to see what's happening here. What are you doing in my territory? Exactly. Like, I, I get the feeling that it was coming towards us angry. Like, the way it come towards us, it come at us angry. Like, it, it was not playing. It was not being a nice little creature. But I think when it saw how terrified we were, we were not a harm to it or its area. It was probably like, hmm, okay, yeah, they're not worth it. 
I'm going to continue moseying on my way. And it just, it walked off. So um, um, in the almost, if, I, if I'm correct, you're almost like it was waiting for some other cryptid, like territorial cryptid, to have like a cryptid battle going on for territory. Because, I mean, let's face it, bear, bears do that. Mountain lions yes. do that. Big, uh, all mm-hmm. sorts of cats do that. Uh, and, and wildlife does that. They're very territorial. So almost like it was mm-hmm. like, who's breaking into my territory? I got to go defend it. Oh, what are these weird yeah. looking non-hairy things doing here? And... Uh, Crying, I don't understand. They don't want to fight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I get the. I got the feeling that it was how it come at us was how I see like a mother dog or cat or a mother animal come at you. Even if you're, you know, if it's your dog, sometimes they will still come at you. But it's almost like it was protecting something. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but it was almost like when it saw we were doing no harm and we were no harm, nah, next, I'm going to go about my way. So obviously you got the hell out of there as quickly as possible. And as you're going back, there's probably a lot of hyperventilation going on, trying to figure out what was going on, not only what the creature was and everything. What was that next 10 minutes like from when you got back on the ATV and you raced back to the farm yard? A nightmare. It was a nightmare. I've had plenty of dreams. I'm sure you have too, where something's after you in a dream. And it's like you're running and you're running, but you just can't run fast enough. Well, even though we were on an ATV, we were trucking it up through the woods. But it was still like, you know, you're turning around constantly looking. Is it behind us? You know, is it because you could almost feel it coming towards you? Even though I'm, I know it probably wasn't because um, we didn't see it again. But we were getting out of there as fast as we could, and it was like a dream. We just could not go fast enough to get back home. But we made it. Somehow we made it without wrecking because that, that would have been pretty bad too. Chris, um, but yeah, we. Sorry uh, for cutting you off there. But for you, I mean, being 16 years old when this happens. And never seeing anything like this before, and I understand the nightmares that that kind of followed with this. But mm-hmm. emotionally speaking, how did it affect you from that moment going forward? Because I mean, something that big, that scary, could could rip you apart like like anything, you know, much like a a lion or a tiger could tear you apart. I mean. Did you see your life flash before your eyes? Did like what? I'm trying to get a feel for you. So I didn't see my life flash before my eyes. The first thing I thought about was um, during that encounter, how was I going to get myself out of this situation? Uh, I knew if I went back, it was I would be in the beaver pond, went the other way the creek. Um, the other way is just more forest land that goes nowhere. And it was in between us and the ATV. So there was actually a stick, a big stick in front of me. And my first instinct was reach down and pick it up. And it was a rotten stick that fell, broke in two as soon as I picked it up. Because my first instinct was, I've got to get something. I have nothing. And, um, yeah, I was just I was just like, please let me live to get out of here. And once it moved on, uh, we took off running. But it, it made me question a lot of things. You know, this... What I saw, I was like, I don't know what I saw. 
But it made me question, I saw something, but what was it? I'd heard of Bigfoot. You know, I think everyone has heard of Bigfoot. And I'm like, but this, this doesn't live in northeast Georgia. It's not in Georgia. It's in the Pacific Northwest. It's in Washington. You know, that's what I believe. That that's where it's supposed to be. But it looks like I was a little wrong. <laughs> it's in northeast Georgia, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> at, at, what, at what point did you realize or figure out that it was a Sasquatch? That evening, I really thought about it. Now, I'd had some experiences on the property before that we could not explain. Um, the neighbors had actually had some sightings as well. So it wasn't just me. And after putting together things that had happened to me in the past, we had found like grass beds when my parents first bought or bought the property that we could not explain. We just chalked it up to, okay, it's a family of bear. But, you know, bear really don't make their own little grass beds, but that's what we figured. So putting together all those things, and then after I saw what I saw, um, that evening I was like, I think I might have saw a Bigfoot. I think I may have. And then after speaking with neighbors, having you know spoken with them about their sightings, I'm like, I don't know what else it could have been. I'm open to suggestions. I mean, I'm willing to accept if it's not a Bigfoot, but I don't know what other animal or I don't know what else it could be. Kristen Payton is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We're talking Sasquatch and the monsters among us down in Georgia tonight. And Kristen, as you decided to figure out what this was, you said it didn't take you long to figure out, just a couple of hours to really realize that you just had a close encounter with a Sasquatch. I mean... How did this change you as a person as you got older? Because, I mean, you wouldn't be doing this now if you weren't addicted to the subject. Yes. I wanted answers, and I don't understand what I saw. Um, and another thing is I did not see its face. I want to see a face. I want to see more. So it just changed my life is I want answers. I want more. You know, I want to learn more. I want to research more. Um, I don't want to stay home and shy away from it. I'm the one that gets a little nosy and goes out looking. So Me too. I yes. You and I are actually yes. quite similar. In 2013, when I had my, my friend and I had our encounter in his back forest with two of them, we never saw the face. We yes. like we knew one was looking at us, but it was like a hundred feet away and kind of doing the peering from behind the tree using mm -hmm. the canopy of the big fir tree as camouflage. So we couldn't see the face, even though we knew it was looking at us. But the second mm -hmm. one that walked by or, or between us, that one, I had a full right side and back profile of it with a cone head wow. and no neck. It's just these giant Andre the Giant type shoulders. And I haven't wow. seen the face either. And and so I understand that drive that yes. you want that face, you know, just to just to look mm -hmm. at it, look at it in the eyes and, and say, mm -hmm. now I know. And then mm -hmm. you choose what to do after that. I mean, me being stupid, I would probably chase after it, want to give it a big hug. But, you know, <laughs> for some people that may be enough. W where do you stand on that? 
<laughs> that would probably be me too. I'd probably see it and then I just saw Bigfoot and take off running again. <laughs> but I don't know. I once I feel like once I see the face, I'm not going to say I can rest easy, but I can almost feel like part of my goal is accomplished. But I would still want. I, it would actually probably want. I would probably want to get out in the woods more. Then be like, oh, I saw its face. You know. Yeah, maybe it has beautiful eyes. I don't know. Maybe it has beautiful teeth. I don't know. I'd probably be like, oh, I've got to know more. I could see me doing that. I would. Oh, yes. I'd probably be out in the woods day and night then. See, I'm I'm the same way. I, I found a few weeks ago footprints in our area, about 15, yeah, about 12 miles from where I am right now. And I said, we've set up a gifting site there. And this is going. Oh. This is going into week four of the gifting site, and we haven't had any action. Not since the first week where I found because I put up a mirror, and apparently mirrors are one of the first objects that actually goes missing from a gifting site. Because let's face it, these creatures outside of a reflection on a lake or a pond have never seen themselves. And, and so the first night or the first time we went back there, the mirror was off the tree. And what, what interested me about the, the way the mirror was, if it, if it had just fallen on the ground, it, it would have, uh, um, the handle of the mirror would have been on top of the grass and, and the brush, but right. the handle was actually underneath it. And yeah. I'm I'm not sure if that was something natural, or if it was something a little bit different. I just I'm not convinced that it was something supernatural just yet. I I want to believe. Trust me, mm-hmm. I do want to believe. Oh yes, like I'll show. Blue diamond honey roasted almonds are my love language. Sweet, salty, irresistible. But the crunchy and tangy salt and vinegar also give me the feels. The choice is hard with flavors so good. Blue Diamond Almonds. Super flavor, all on a superfood. Academy Sports and Outdoors has you covered with everything you need to have fun out there. Order online at academy.com or on the Academy app and pick up in-store or get free shipping on most orders. Shop Academy Sports and Outdoors. Free shipping applies to most orders over $25. Online sign required. I'll show you uh, on our YouTube side, I'll show you a picture. Now... If that dropped, how did it get under so much grass? Yes, I don't see that happening. That's laid completely over it like it had to be wedged up under there. Absolutely. That's my conundrum mm-hmm. right there. And so for our radio listeners who are who are listening in, what I am showing is uh, a handheld dollar store mirror that is the mirror portion is facing the ground and the handle has been tucked in to the grass. And it's, to me, it's a little bit mysterious. But since then, we haven't had any movement whatsoever on the property where we where it is. So, you know, it, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I, I'm not sure. Uh, 90 seconds to go before we take a a break here at the bottom of the hour. Kristen Payton, Sasquatch researcher out of Georgia, is our guest tonight. You know, what's your opinion of gifting sites? They're interesting. I've had never had any luck personally. 
Um, we've set up, like, I had a teddy bear where I had my first sighting. It's been a few years ago. Teddy bear, we've hung up some apples. And it does appear that, like, raccoons or birds will get into them, of course. So I've never had any luck with gifting. Um, the only item I've ever been possibly gifted is I was in an active area and been there quite a few times. Um, got in the tent, spent the night, got up the next morning, and there is a like a pendant cross that had come off of the necklace, pretty big, right outside of the tent door. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was there. And it's something that I think I would have noticed getting in and out of the tent at least. So the next morning, that was right in front of the tent door. I mean, I can't say Bigfoot. I can't say anything, something put it there for sure, but not sure how it got there. I do not believe it was there the night before. So that was a little interesting. That was the only thing that I've been, I guess, gifted, you could say. Yeah, we had, uh, we've had something similar like that happen, not while camping, but we have three gifting sites out there right now where we've had encounters and found tracks. And I'm still not sure if the gifting site works. I'm just trying to see if it can work, if you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Kristen Payton is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We are hanging on out, having some fun tonight on the big show, talking monsters, cryptids, Sasquatch. And apparently we're going to learn about how Kristen keeps her teeth so bloody white. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that one out. Spaced Out Radio <laughs> with Kristen Payton, Sasquatch Talk tonight on the Mighty SOR. We continue right after this. All right, we're clear. All right, cool. Raz, how you doing? Eddie Petch, welcome back. And uh, who else showed up here? Uh, Nicholas Shaughnessy, how's your hair tonight? Give us a, a hair update if you don't mind. Uh, show you something else here, which is actually kind of really cool. Um, at our other gifting site, uh, we had an encounter there in 2018 where we actually got chased out of the forest and, um, yeah, that the one snuck up behind us within 20 feet of my buddy after we, after we heard, after we heard him talking to us, you know, the old, the old samurai chatter. Yes. And um, let me just find it here. Mm-hmm. So we set up a gifting site there, and uh, my buddy's daughter put a, a nickel, a 1960s nickel that was really worn out and old on a log like a nursing log that had fallen down by where we put the gifting site. We go back a week later and the ball is gone or the nickel is gone. The funny part about it is uh, we go back the following week. Hey, Troy SR 71 and see this purple thing right there. Okay. That's one of those, you know, giant plastic suckers that's filled with gumballs that you get at the, at the dollar store. Yes. Okay. Well, here's the interesting part. We go there, nothing is moved, and my son says to me, Hey, Daddy, what's the nickel 
doing on the toy. Oh my gosh. Now, there's a couple things about this. This is not the nickel that went missing. This is Ooh. this is a 2019 nickel that is shiny as anything. So I'm not saying, look, there's a lot of animals around that can take that. There's there's ravens, there's crows, there's pack rats, there's, you know, anything else that is kind of uh, curious. And, and, but Dr. Bob McGuire, Science Bob, we call him around here, gave me a real interesting piece of advice, something that I was missing on that when I was talking to him about it, because I do try to be skeptical. You know, and look and look for reality situations. He says, Dave, you're forgetting something. I said, what's that? He goes, look where the nickel is sitting. He goes, something wanted you to find it there. Because any type of human activity, we look to put things in safe places. That nickel is not in a safe place. Because if it rains, it gets windy. If it hails, if a tree branch falls from the tree, if a, if a leaf falls down... If uh, something rubs up against it, that nickel is going to fall. Yes, it should. And he goes, something put it there because it wanted you to find it. Like it knew you were coming. And, oh, that's sweet, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So the interesting part about it is we went back a week later. We reset the gifting site. So there's a picture of the gifting site. See the orange ball? tucked in way in the back i made sure that it couldn't move well we we go back a week later the ball is in front but, but what's really cool about it when i picked up the ball there were fingerprints on it oh my goodness now those fingerprints there which I think are fingerprints, not 100%. It was the greasiest thing. Like, it wasn't dirt. It was like grease that had been placed on that ball. And from everything I've talked to other Sasquatch researchers who found real close encounter evidence, like fingerprints and everything, that it is, their fingerprints are very greasy. And so, like the amateur idiot that I am, my hands were cold and my hands started to shake and my phone started to slip out of my hand. So I grabbed the ball and the phone, tucked it to my jacket. Guess what rubbed off on my jacket and is no longer on the ball? The fingerprints. The fingerprints. But I got the photo. I yes, got the you photo. got the photo. I actually have fingerprints as well. Um, we'll save that one. Save that yes. one for what we're doing. And yes. uh, shout out to the cryptid huntress, Jessica Jones, who's tuned on in. And uh, yes. Super Chat is open. It's a good way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Knucker, nice to have you here. We're going to get going in three seconds, everybody. Second. 
second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you tuning us on in. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire, checking out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight talking with Kristen Payton. She is an investigator researcher with our own Jessica Jones, the cryptid huntress. And believe it or not, my own naivety, I didn't know this until about 28 seconds ago when Jessica just messaged me. It's like, you know, Kristen and I are teammates looking for Sasquatch. I'm like, uh, I did not know this. And I know I know Jessica's laughing right now because, uh, you know, that's just the way she is. She laughs at me about everything. Everything. So give us some secrets on Jessica Jones, if you don't mind. Give us the, give us the lowdown. Give us the dirt. Oh, no. I will never tell secrets. <laughs> they're safe with me, mainly because I forget them. But they're safe. <laughs> no, She's precious. She's precious. Yes, she is. And we love having her being a part of our team here too. She has just added so much. And for our radio audience, Jessica hosts a show on Saturdays and Sundays starting at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern called Off the Trails, which is just booming with audience members coming on in and listening to her fantastic stories and guests and research. And uh, so we got to give a shout out to Jessica for the amazing job she has done since joining the SOR weekend team. And thank you, Jessica, for being awesome. Uh, really appreciate that. And I know she's blushing right now. To shut up, Dave. Just shut up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. So, so I I want to ask you outside of this encounter. You know. You've, you started investigating immediately about this creature. What were, what were your first learning about it? What, what was your first opinions of what Sasquatch is? So first opinion, first thought is this is a, this is a monkey. <laughs> I mean, it's also what I've read about and seen on TV documentaries. It's an ape like creature. Very smart. Very smart though. Um, so you know, I kind of stuck with that opinion. And, of course, I'd heard other things. Because maybe this, maybe that. And I'm like, I just don't know. To me, it seems more monkey-like. Hairy, you know, walks. It has its own little mannerisms that are very similar to apes. However, after hitting out many hours in the woods, I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> um, I, I just don't know. I do believe there are still strictly apes, maybe. Um, but also at the same time, we've encountered some Bigfoot, Sasquatch that do not appear just ape-like. They have a few more odd properties to them, maybe leaning towards supernatural, interdimensional. I'm not sure. I mean, that's why I'm out there in the woods is to find out more. I just, I don't know. Well, you know what? It, it's something that 
I I was pretty much the same way as you. Like when I first started learning about Sasquatch as a kid, growing up in British Columbia, the Pacific Northwest, where you hear all the legends, you know, I was always like, well, this is a big monster, and the you know, monsters mm-hmm. are flesh and blood and everything. And oh. then the more First Nations people I started meeting, I started learning about the idea that it might be a shapeshifter or supernatural in some sort of way. And I always thought, you know what, that that's kind of a cool theory too. What if what if that was real? But I really didn't get my own explanation to it until I a friends of mine and I, we were doing a walk around their property where we had seen the Sasquatch way back in the forest, and I had this feeling that we were being followed. And mm-hmm. behind their house they had this old dark black cherry tree that was probably thirty, forty feet tall. And when I turned and looked, I actually saw pixelation from the bottom of the tree up to about 8, 10 feet. Now, the funny part about it is, out of the other three people, only one other person could see that pixelation. The other two could not. So the other two were getting frustrated because they couldn't see anything. And we continued walking towards the front of the house. Well, in about the 20 seconds it took us to get to the front of the house... We got roared, we got roared at from right behind the house, like, and this was the most creepy damn thing I have ever heard. I've seen some weird stuff and seen some very crazy stuff, but this scared me. This literally scared me. Have you ever been roared at? I'm not, not roared at. I'm still waiting for that. Had some chatter, had some talking, um, had some howls and some screams, never a roar. My mom, my mom has, um, but not me. I'm waiting on that. See, I've never, I've never had the screams or the wood knocks or anything. I did a couple of, when I was coming back from Vegas, I was on the phone with Nicole Sackage, who's, you know, part of our SOR team. And there's an area here in Yale, British Columbia, where if you've ever heard the story of Jacko, the child Sasquatch, being taken by the Barnum Bailey Circus, that's where he was found. And Yale is a very historic town in the mountains here, British Columbia. Long story short, about two kilometers previous to showing up there, I had this feeling that there was going to be something there that I needed to keep an eye open. And there's a rest stop. As you pull into town, the first thing you see is a rest stop. So I pull into that rest stop. I get out of my vehicle, and I am straight goosebumps. Because a couple years ago, I had actually seen, and this sounds stupid and so unrealistic, but I had actually seen a shadow Sasquatch standing in the middle of the highway. And then it disappeared. And this time... I had that same energy going through. And as I got out of my vehicle, I had Nicole on the phone and I'm like, okay, you're telling me to get out of my vehicle. Like, let's do this. Like, give me a sign. And there, so I'm on the flat side of the highway and then it's a two lane highway. And then it goes up this, this, the mountain. And from probably a hundred feet, 150 feet up the mountain, I actually got a tree knock. The first tree knock I have ever heard back at me. It was wild. Oh, cool. It was yes. wild. It makes me stop and go, what was that? Was that really what I just thought I heard? I know, it's, it's amazing. Well, I mean, tell us about your close encounter experiences in regards to this creature. I mean, 
you know, now that you are full-fledged into this and, and searching for it, whether it's the woo side or the practical side, you know, tell us some, some of the close encounters you've had. So, of course, when I was 16, that was about the closest encounter. Um, we have followed a lot of foot tracks, and this is kind of going back to the, maybe it's not just an eight, um, lots of foot tracks to where they will disappear. As far as a close encounter, I have had um, what I believe were Bigfoot's moving in front of me. Um, it was captured also on FLIR, some movement in the wood line. So I'm like, I, I know I saw something, not sure what it was. Also, I had an experience to where I was driving down. Actually, I was in the passenger seat. I was riding down the road. My first time using my FLIR DVR uh, combo at once. So we're riding down the road, and I saw something on my FLIR. And it was upright, tall, had a cone-shaped head. You could see the arm coming down. And even though I was a good little ways away, possibly, but I did get it recorded. And I, I consider that an experience, one of my close encounters, because it was something that I could see head to toe that wasn't just a bear or a cougar. Or humans. Okay, so you're looking at this Sasquatch on this yes. on this FLIR camera, and that's yes. a, that's something that I want to do. I I went and bought myself a FLIR last year as well, one of those handheld that goes about 100 150 feet in, and yes. <laughs> and I'm waiting for that moment, absolutely waiting. But how far away were you from this creature? Number one, but number two, what stopped you from going after it? <laughs> You know, Jessica, okay. Jessica would have went after it. She's crazy. Oh, I know. And it was, like I said, it was my first time using the FLIR DVR combo, combo, and I'm riding down the road at middle of the night with my ex-boyfriend driving, and we come up on this. I see it in the screen. I'm like, what is this? You know, I tell him, oh, stop, stop. I've got something. And he stops, and I'm sitting there looking at it and trying to place what this is I'm looking at. As far as the distance, I'm saying a good 30 or 40 yards or more in the wood line. Um, the road was flat, kind of goes up a little embankment, and it flattens out again into the woods. And it was standing back behind trees, but kind of open areas, somewhat cleared out. Not pasture, but a, like a cut forest, wild forest. And um, I'm just sitting there staring at it and like, what am I looking at? This is, this, this should not be here. And I didn't say anything. So after some seconds had passed, he took off. I mean, he just started driving on down the road. I'm like, go back, go back, go back. Like I saw something. And my screen is, um, I believe, two and a half inches that I'm actually looking through. So you can't see a whole lot when you're sitting there staring at your screen, especially trying to figure out what you're looking at. So he puts it in reverse, backs up, and it's gone. Damn it. Unfortunately. But I did get it recorded. <laughs> Thank goodness. Or else I would probably be questioning myself, what was that? But you know, you can, it's a figure standing upright with an arm hanging down by its side, and it does look like it has a cone head. But it took off quick and took off without making any noise. It was it was pretty silent. So that is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Absolutely yes. crazy with that. I, I want to ask you regarding you know having that encounter. I mean, 
what goes through your body for people who have never experienced a close encounter with one of these creatures? What goes through your body when you all of a sudden see something on your FLIR? I mean, I know for me what it's like, but I'm curious for you. I think my heart stops for a few seconds. <laughs> I think it stops in, in my mind. I'm sitting there going, what am I looking at? I'm, I'm just a little confusion, a little panic. Some excitement mixed in, <laughs> a little bit of everything mixed in all at once. And I know some people run away, some people run towards it. I tend to freeze. I've never ran away. I haven't ran towards something yet. I tend to freeze in my mind. I try to process what is going on, what's happening, what am I seeing, what am I smelling or hearing. Blue Diamond Honey Roasted Almonds are my love language. Sweet, salty, irresistible. But the crunchy and tangy salt and vinegar also give me the feels. The choice is hard with flavors so good. Blue Diamond Almonds. Super flavor, all on a superfood. The Volvo XC40 is designed for everyone's safety. With high-tech cameras and sensors that help watch out for cyclists and other cars. And if the unexpected happens, it can automatically apply the brakes to help prevent a collision. The Volvo XC40. For everyone's safety. And, um, yeah, you get a little... It's very exciting. It's very very exciting. But then it's like, oh, I'm a little confused too. What am I doing? (laughs) I could get eaten right now by this monster. What am I doing out here? (laughs) Well, Science Bob says Bigfoot better be nice to you. Oh, so far I'm still here. I'm I'm nobody's lunch yet. So, so far so good. (laughs) Thank you. Part of what we do on this show is we really love to de- delve deep into the woo side of everything because for some reason, even though people want evidence, they want flesh and blood, they want the scientific aspect, the woo is never that far away, whether mm-hmm. it's infrasound, whether it's you know telepathic communication, whether it's orbs, whether it's portals, or anything and in the next hour i know you have a portal story you know that we will get to but for you as someone who thought this was flesh and blood how did you start switching your own mind to the fact that there may be something more spiritual or more uh enveloping this creature one of which i mentioned earlier is you would be following footprints and they disappear where did they go? They should not disappear. You should be able to follow. Actually, I'm a tracker as well, so I should be able to follow footsteps, and I can't. Um, <clears throat> I have noticed the eye shine on some of them are a little bit different. You get more of a redder glow. That could be just the type of animal. I'm not sure, but also their attitude is a little different. Maybe the ones that are not so eight-likes and seem to be a little more aggressive in nature that could be dealing with the where the area but it's just it's just things like that that just do not quite make sense and you get the lights when you have bigfoot activity you know like you said i have the portal experience as well and you just get a lot of things that don't make it so flesh and blood you get a lot of ufo activity too i don't know yeah i mean you know I have learned a very important lesson over the last few weeks that everything is the phenomena. And it doesn't matter whether it's UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, 
uh, dogman, consciousness, ghosts, or whatever, but everything is related. And this has been a very tough experience for me, learning this. At some point when you started looking at, at the fact that, you know, UFOs, portals, maybe some spiritual activity happening around while you're out searching for Sasquatch. You don't expect to be running into ghosts or or UFOs at that point. How did that change your entire process of how you treat an investigation? Oh, quite differently. Um, My team has actually developed a few different either protocols. We don't go out alone. You know, because we have learned we can probably disappear as well. Maybe we go into a portal. Um, we don't go out alone. We make sure that we do radio checks with the base camp quite frequently. Um, we we know how to rescue our way out of the situation. Uh, it's just completely also changed the way I think, like open mind. I went into this looking for a monkey, ape. And now I'm, I've ran into so much, I have to stay open-minded and also keep keep my eyes open that I'm not just looking for a hairy creature running on the ground. I look for lights in the forest, lights in the woods, lights in the sky, maybe little other creatures running around the woods. Like we've actually got on FLIR as well, some small human, human-like shapes that were playing in the woods, it seems. How do you explain that as being normal? I mean, I, I wasn't going out looking for that, but I found it. But you just have to stay open. So definitely have to keep an open mind on everything. You do. I mean, the, the forest has so many secrets, little people, gnomes, yes. uh, wood nymphs, whatever it may be, stuff that we hear of, you know, in fairy tale books that are running around <laughs> in actual forests. I mean, during yeah. your time of investigation, have you ever had anything else, you know, that you've caught on FLIR or camera or even your teammates have that would result in, in what we would only see in fairy tales? Yes. Yeah, just the little humans. They look like little toddlers running around the forest. I mean, playing like they were running up on side of a tree and jumping down and run back up. It's like... Two arms, two legs. I didn't see them with the naked eye. They were a little ways in the woods, but you could see it on um, clear. They were playing. It looked like they were having a grand old time. Uh, so that was something that I would have never expected. And until I saw it with my own eyes, I was like, I don't know about that. But yeah, I experienced it. It happened. I saw it. I don't know how to explain it, but it's there. They're out there. And they seem to be having fun. <laughs> Do you go back to that same spot to see if yes. they're still there? Yes. Never had any other occurrence like that. Have never seen them again. So they're still there, I'm sure. But maybe we just got lucky and had the, had the thermal camera pointed at the right spot at the right time. And they were probably just being a little nosy, like, what are these humans doing out here? Let's go check them out. I don't know. I just don't know. We've had some other occurrences in that same area, but not the little people, I would call them. Some lights and other beings. Other beings? Other beings. Yes. Other um, beings. Yes. 
It was Explain funny. to me other beings. It was a um, similar to a human, except it had an oval face. Um, you would think more of an alien. Think of like the the general alien body, the slender. Yes, I mean it was small, but yeah, like a little alien figure that was only visible on thermal. Um, now I was not there for that happening, but it was the same area that the little people were running around. But this, I don't even know what to call it, alien creature. Um, it was behind some trees, and it would literally it would look out at you. Had some Bigfoot or activity, how they tree peek. You know, it was looking out from behind a tree and. It actually left a heat signature on the ground, like after it kind of vanished. It, it, it did. It just kind of vanished. They were able to see where it was standing. I mean, it, it left its little footprints and heat signature. So what was that? I have no idea. Alien ghost. Um, I don't know. You got Invisible aliens. Man. You got in, you've got aliens. That's okay. We all got a little. We all got a little aliens every now and again. And if you don't have yeah. aliens, just dabble in a little aliens. You never know what the aliens may bring. You know, who knows? Yes. Who knows? Do you get scared out there? I do. I get scared in my tent. <laughs> I'm okay until I go in my tent. Like I tell everybody that I research with, I'm great out in the field. But once I get in the tent, I'm like, that's my Bigfoot nose on. Like, I'm just beg all the Bigfoots, aliens, everything. Please don't bother me in my tent. I don't know why. I don't want to be pulled out of my tent or rolled up like a Bigfoot burrito and carried off. I can't see what's going on outside of my tent. So my tent is where I get scared the most. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that you say that as we got about two minutes to go. I used to do a ghost tour at our local museum here. And we'd stop at, we have this schoolhouse where we'd stop in and we'd kind of take a 15 minute break on the tour, but that's where people would tell their own experiences. And this one guy, so I say, okay, who has an experience? All of a sudden this lady elbows her husband. Hey, tell them about that time you were in the forest. <laughs> so just north of Whistler, British Columbia, where the famous ski mountain is. This gentleman and his buddy, they were 18 years old. This is in the 1970s. They were going, there's a bunch of lakes that are filled with trout in there. And they were going trout fishing. And so they set up their tent. They're going, going to get up early the next morning. And all of a sudden, they felt what was like a forklift come underneath their tent and pick them up. And they, and they woke up as they were raising up and they started freaking out because whatever it was that was lifting them, they could hear the, the huffing and gruffing and all this kind of stuff. And then when they started screaming, whatever it was, put them back down, tent, <laughs> tent collapses on them. And then this thing kind of walked off. So they freaked out. They got their vehicle, they raced home following weekend. The other boy, goes back to that spot with his dad and his brother. Now, his da his brother and him are sleeping in the back camper. Dad's sleeping in the truck, so a single-cab truck, with his shotgun. About 1.30 in the morning, the vehicle starts rocking. Oh, no. Dad jumps out of the vehicle thinking it's a bear, fires on it. This big, giant Sasquatch looks at him. He hit it, roars at him, and then the Sasquatch mm -hmm. took off into the forest. 
Oh my goodness! Yeah. And that is why I don't like sleeping in the tent at night. No, yeah, they're gonna. I, I, I'm done with tents after hearing that story. <laughs> I am very done with tents after hearing that story. But oh, that's terrifying! It is what it is. I love Donnie's comment here. He goes, "The need for evidence can oftentimes be an obstacle towards spiritual awakening. Sometimes it's just best to give in to the woo." Donnie, that is some extremely wise words right there, Donnie Joe. Hey, we have Kristen Payton for another hour here on Spaced Out Radio. Loving this conversation. When we come back, did she film a portal and people coming in and out of it? We'll find out when we return on the Mighty SOR for hour number two. Stay tuned. I'm having so much fun here tonight. I really am. This is so cool. <laughs> I hope I'm keeping some viewers interested here. Uh, like, oh, we got a pretty big crowd tonight. There's 190 watching right now on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Tony Harris, how you doing? And uh, let's see here. I'm going to quickly step away. Kawabunga, welcome to SOR Chat. And I'm going to step away here for a couple of minutes. Uh, if you want to step away, you can. We got about six minutes here. Okay, I'm going to take you out, put okay. you in the green room. I'll be right. right. I'll be right back. All right, be right back, people.
How are we all doing? Are we having a good time? What a great guest, Christian Payton. Fantastic guest. <clears throat> Hi, stunning Jessica S. Welcome back. Uh, let's see who else has joined us here. Um, <laughs> Mark D. Truth Seeker, good to see you, buddy. I think we're caught up. Let's bring Kristen back in here. She's changed. She does wardrobe changes every hour, by the way. Thank you to Donnie, Patrick, and Science Bob for the super chats. We really do appreciate the love and support. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. And, of course, you can do your shopping at spacedoutradio.com. We get some really cool swag. Here we go with our two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Do us a favor and join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. You can do us the favor, hit that subscribe button, check us out on our podcast. We're on all the podcast networks as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us tonight, Clam? Oniric. Oniric is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio, our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well, and... Let's have a great show. Here we go. Kristen Payton is our guest tonight. She is a Sasquatch and paranormal researcher out of the beautiful state of Georgia. And one of the stories she is going to bring to us right now is this weird story about filming a portal. I love portals. I really do believe that a lot of these missing people who just seem to vanish have walked through a portal and nothing has changed on their timeline, but on Mm -hmm. ours, they are gone. What's your thoughts Mm -hmm. on portals first and foremost? I do believe they exist. I do believe they are out there. Um, And I'm like you. I do believe uh, quite a few missing people can, can be due to walking into a portal and not walking back out where they are now. I don't know. I've not found out yet. And I don't know if I want to quite find out personally, but um, yeah, they're out there. They exist. I actually believe I caught one on film. Okay. So let's, let's take a step back here. This is going into a normal investigation that you are doing and all of the sudden what happened. So take us through that night. So that night we've had, not too much activity going on. We had actually a decent number of team members out in the field to where we were split up into separate teams to cover a large area. 
Um, we actually had a team walking a trail on Zyber Ridgeline, and we were watching them to see if maybe something would follow them. We would get some kind of response. Um, we also had team members set up across the fields where we were at. So we were kind of, like, kind of keeping an eye on each other and what may come up. So we were sitting there. I had not been out in the field. I hadn't been out in the field too long. And it started noticing big balls of light in the woodland. It was like I would describe it as a huge camera flash, big round ball of white light that you could see through. So when it happened, you could you could see it plain as day, but you could not see what was emitting the light. There was nothing behind it. There'd be quick flashes. Make the connection with California Psychics. If it's not the best psychic reading you've ever had, it's free. Visit CaliforniaPsychics.com or download the free California Psychics app. Set up an account today, starting at only $1 per minute for new customers. Maybe it's time to make the connection with California Psychics. If it's not the best psychic reading you've ever had, it's free. Visit CaliforniaPsychics.com or download the free California Psychics app and set up an account today starting at only $1 per minute for new customers. So what you'd see, you know, like, and then I'd verify with a team member, did you see that? We always, did you see that? What did you see? Did you see what I saw? And they saw the same thing. So we we're having those little occurrences. I'd seen a couple of figures in the field. Um, as well, some heat signatures. I wouldn't say figures at that point, but heat signatures that caught my interest. So I was actually facing to the right a little more, watching that with my flare. And I was with three other team members in that spot. Um, one of the team members, they were like, hey, you know, ch check this out. First, he told the guy next to him, said, hey, take a look and see if you see what I see. And he looked, he said, yeah, I do. I do see what you see. Well, I had my recorder going. I've learned the hard way. Whenever you are out in the field, make sure you hit the record button if you want to record something. So I had my recorder going, and he's like, take, you know, take your flare and see if you see anything. So I swung around. I actually faced a little more towards the left and swung more in that direction and caught a vent, what I would consider more of a disappearing Portal. It was a cube. It was a box. Now, um, the one that first saw it, it was more of a bright white, which is was set to hot white. You know, everything that's really hot would show really white. So him, on his, he could see a clear cube, more of a rectangle actually, cube. We call it the cube, sitting on the ground. And this thing is is large, like like I said before, I'm not good with distance or anything. Probably 40 or feet, 40, 50 feet in width, maybe. Quite high, too. And on the left-hand side, a cross. A cross was there. So by the time I got to it and um, looked at it, it was starting to fade. Like, I could see the heat signature, but it was fading. It wasn't as... Permanent. It wasn't as right. I was able to get that on video. And as I watched it, it faded away and basically vanished. Gone. So, we all gathered as a team again. And we decided to send some team members to this area where we saw this cube. 
but we never, I never experienced this. Another team member had experienced like a portal type incident, which had his curiosity. He's always been curious since having his little experience um, to find out more on portals. This was my first experience. So our team members walked to where this was after we, we are guiding them into the area to where this box cube was. And they're gone. You know, this is a clear out field, what we call the meadow. And this hole is now, I have to give a little plug. Uh, Trey Hudson has a book out. It's called The Meadow Project, The South Skin Walker Ranch. And it tells this story in it. But they are guided into this area. And I'm watching them walk along. And, and they're gone. They disappear off the flare. Hold on. Your friends disappear off the flare. Disappear. My friends disappear off of the flare. And it's not thick woods where they were standing. It was actually open. And there is the tree line, wood line, but it's not that thick forested area to where if they were to walk off into the woods, they would not be seen. Because I can see the guys walking the trail. You know, they're very visible. Well, the guys that walked into the cube stepped probably 10 feet into the wood line before they even hit the wood line, they were gone, vanished. Of course, we were radioing back and forth to them. Their environment changed, which is very interesting. They were no longer in the same environment. It looked the same from what I understand, except one of the guys described it as like a black curtain just being dropped over them, like they were enclosed in a black curtain, everything got dark. Where there were little briars on the ground, um, they had walked into it. It was more open. And then they walked. They, they realized something was wrong. The environment changed. The temperature changed. It was different. So they were smart enough to exit out. As they come back out, they started to reappear on my flare. They started walking back through the briars, started catching on that. They could see the sky again. They could see the stars. It felt normal. So they walked into something when they walked into whatever it was, portal. Their environment changed, and I lost sight of them. We lost contact with them. Not sure how to explain that, but I do believe it was possibly a portal. Where to? I don't know. They come back out. <laughs> okay, so when you debrief them potentially coming out of this portal what did they see on the other side what was it what was it like just normal like they were just going yeah. through the area yeah similar environments i mean woods were the same except like i said the brush was not it was more cleared out to where they could easily walk where beforehand your your pants are getting hung in briars as you're walking you know the brush hitting you but they described that it being more cleared out the black is, uh, one calls it like the black curtain coming down over them. Like they're closed, like I said, like just a thick black curtain around them. You know, from what I understood, the sky wasn't as visible. The temperature, the whole just feeling of the environment changed. And they were alert enough to notice something's not right. You know, we, we, we need to get out of here because it's not normal. Uh, sadly, one of the guys that walked into the portal passed away recently, which I, 
I hate, I miss him, but, um, you know, he was able to share his experience with this as well. And he had the same, basically, explanation as uh, another one. So this box cube actually started to form again a second time. It had moved slightly, and but it was not as prominent. It, it was like it tried to appear again, maybe, but it just did not fully form, and it was gone again. So two, two occasions that night, and one thing we find odd, not only the portal cube that we call it, but at base camp, which we always keep someone at base camp for safety, they had some visitors. This um, lady and her son comes and visits us at base camp and is a huge distraction. You know, we have base camp calling us on the radio. We have people at base camp, you know, wanting us to pick up and move to this other area where there's activity and just very odd actions that not it was not normal it was not a normal visit and we're out in the middle of nowhere so they were just riding around at midnight one two in the morning i forget what time it was and decide to stop and say what are you guys doing you know come come check this out let's leave this area you guys have got to come up here with me and we're like no and you know, base camp's calling us. Is there? There's some people here that's very odd. It's something's going on. And while we're having this portal activity out in the meadow, so we once this occurred and everyone regrouped in what we call the meadow, we went back to base camp and everyone stayed together. We did a debrief. Um, once the visitors left, finally. We were able to do a debrief and kind of just look back on the events that happened and try to process what happened. That's a lot of high strangeness. Very, very, and something something I was not expecting. I did I didn't go into the meadow looking for a portal or thinking I may see my friends disappear, but it happened, and it's just another experience. I'm. It drives me deeper down the rabbit hole. How long were they out of your sight? I would have to actually go back and look at the footage, but probably two to three minutes um, when they realized, hey, something isn't right here. And then they started to back out and then they reappeared. So I'm saying about two to three minutes time elapsed. Did they feel anything different outside of figuring that this, this doesn't seem normal? Like, was there any type of physical or or changes or sickness or or anything that was going on? Not sickness or maybe some temperature changes. I do believe one mentioned the and temperature seemed to feel a, little, a bit different as far as sickness or um, physical changes and how their body felt. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so the people, this this woman and what appeared to be her son coming up, did they drive up or did they just appear? They drove up. Um, we had never met them before, have not met them since. And they drove up. We actually had a sign up that said um, that we were cryptid researchers. We were in the corner of a very primitive campground and... 
it was the middle of the night, and they said they were driving by and saw the sign and wanted to tell us to come to this road several miles away with them at that point. Like, we had to go then. We had to go that night, you know, trying to do everything they could to get us to pack up and go with them. That doesn't sound human. Who does that? (laughs) Especially when you have this portal thing going on. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, reading between Mm -hmm. the lines, that does not sound human at all. No. No. And this person actually gave her name. And we, um, the head leader of one of our groups actually did a little research because he had some similarities with her in that she went to the same college as him, had the same professors as him. Very odd similarity. So he did a little research. This is a real person. She really does exist. But from other people that know her, this is, it would be completely out of character for her to do anything like this, to go riding down the middle of the woods, stop at some stranger's camp, and try to convince them to, hey, come with me. You've got to come tonight. I'll show you where Bigfoot is. You've got to leave now. Just trying to pull us out of that area. Who does that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Can That's I, odd. Can I throw a little wrench into your story here for a second? Of course. I have had two close encounters with extraterrestrials. And... Let me tell you, when they want to leave, they push, try to push you into a different area. And so the first time, let me, let me not be cryptic about this. The first time it happened when I was with Samantha Moet on April 15th, 2014, where we met up with, we literally not met up, but we saw two extraterrestrials in the forest. I saw one, she saw two. They put in an image in our heads that we were supposed to head to a different part of the forest to see more. There was going to be more activity over there, and we had to go now. Mm-hmm. Okay? When we went over there, there was nothing there. We stayed there for about 10 minutes. There was nothing there. We go back to the original location where these extraterrestrials were. They were gone. Then, a couple years later, at my own home, where my good friend Carl, the gray alien, came back with his buddies, we heard the clicking sounds, the type talking. And then, and then all of a sudden, I had this feeling that I had to drive two hour or two miles down the road to where the parking lot of the local lake is, and get out there to watch the mothership and see more aliens. So I do that, and I better preface this: yes, I did make a a trek to Tim Hortons first to grab an ice cap and a donut just in case I was going for a ride. Stayed there for 40 minutes. Nothing happened. No UFOs, no aliens, no nothing. Go back to my house. They're gone. So I bring this up because what you're explaining, this lady 
and her son saying, you have to go now. It has to be right now. You guys got to pack up here. You got to come with us. That is technically the exact same thing that has happened to me twice. If you go to this different area, there's going to be more. It's going to be great. You got to do it. And it's going to be the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And yeah, yeah, that sounds exactly similar to what we had happen. I mean, maybe we were maybe not supposed to be there. And like you said, it was trying to draw us away. But as a group, we were like, we recognize something's not normal. Something's not right. We don't know her. She doesn't know us. We're not leaving. It's middle of the night. We have no cell phone service miles out of town Mm -hmm. no we're we're not leaving we're staying here we just had something very strange happen um so we stayed a matter of fact my the sd card i had it on one of the members the one that actually passed away um put it in a rfd package and actually took off that nine on his motorcycle and put it in a safe place because we have had things erased off of our cameras we've had Phones just stopped working, um, clears, everything fried. So we got that SD card and immediately got it out of the area. So luckily, I still have it. Hadn't checked it in a while, but I still have it. Have you had that? Have you had that type of experience since? No, I have not. No more portals. I've had plenty of. After that occurred, I had um, these dreams, or what I thought were dreams, occurring. Um, and then also, Jessica, you mentioned earlier, she had some things happen as well at her house. Uh, she actually had to leave before all that happened. Um, she was at home, and she had some orbs in her house. It was seen by her son. Um, and she's got them on camera, which is really cool. And then I was having dreams when I got back home of these lights coming in my bedroom and me being pulled out of my bed. And I would wake up with bruises on me. Um, it, and they occurred like once every two or three weeks. But I'd wake up and after this had happened, I'd have scratches on my legs. I'd have bruises on me. I even went to work one night and on my forearm, one of the nurses said, what happened? Like, who grabbed you? I had a, like, a handprint. You could see the fingerprints bruised in my arm. I'm like, you won't believe this, but I'm having these weird dreams. I don't sleepwalk. I never have. I don't fight in my sleep that I know of. But I had, I had those, I had these markings on me, and I just kept thinking, I'm having these really bad dreams. So, um, the very last occurrence, the same recurrent dream, I guess dream, I was being pulled out of my bed again. Now, I always fought this thing that was pulling me. And I woke up as my head was being slammed against my headboard. And my little, I got a chipped tooth now. <laughs> so, oh, you got a hockey tooth. Nice for you. Oh, will be. But yes, I got a chipped tooth now. Because of that, I don't know what it was. So we had some strange things happen in our group. Some lights and dreams that after this happened. But no more portals. We're still here. We're still here. Well, <laughs> you got some aliens. That's what you got. Yeah. You got yeah, some, I, I, you got so some aliens. 
or interdimensional beings, which could be the same as aliens, we've got something. Oh, I want I want to chat with you about some aliens because I think you got more that you're hiding the, from us than <laughs> than what you're telling us. I, I already know. I, I and I and I've never talked to you before this in, interview tonight, but I could already tell you got some serious aliens happening. We do. <laughs> we do. We we have some very strange visitors. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can tell. We have Kristen Payton for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. Let's see if we can pry them aliens out of her. Let's see what we can do as we're going to talk more monsters, more aliens, more paranormal. With one part of the Cryptid Huntress team, Jessica Jones being the other one. We're having a lot of fun tonight. we got to teach Kristen how to throw a good body check on a gray alien. So that way it doesn't chip her tooth anymore. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Raz, if you got the hockey stick stuck up your ass the last time, that is bad news, buddy. I hope they at least uh, teased you a little, tweaked your nipples or something. My goodness. Oh, yeah. I have been scratched and then forgot and w- like woken up in the morning, saw two four-inch scratches on my back and for go to the bathroom, you know, for my morning whiz, forget about them in 30 seconds, completely forget about them. Four hours later, remember, go back to the bathroom to look at the, at the scratches to photograph them and they were mm-hmm. gone. Really? Gone. Like, no scarring, no redness, nothing. Gone. Wow. Yeah. Now, now Joe in our chat room, he always denies that he has aliens, but he's got some aliens. A lot of aliens. He has sent me photos of uh, bruises and scratches all down his leg. Try the quarter trick. Do you know the quarter trick? I don't. Okay. Take uh take two quarters or two poker chips, two that are exactly the same, and put mm-hmm. them on your put them on your uh, nightstand or or your dresser or something, something that you mm-hmm. cannot reach, and then you meditate mm-hmm. on those and you say, okay. So, for instance, if you have them side by side, say, if I am going tonight. I want you to stack them when I return. I have had probably seven or eight people over the years try that. Maybe it's time to make the connection with California Psychics. If it's not the best psychic reading you've ever had, it's free. Visit CaliforniaPsychics.com or download the free California Psychics app and set up an account today starting at only $1 per minute for new customers. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. And actually Mm -hmm. contact me the next day saying the quarters were stacked. Wow. And, And by the way, here is the markings on my body. 
two two quarters. That's all you need. Huh. Yeah. I've not heard that, and I wouldn't mind trying that. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering though if I I fought pretty hard in in my sleep or what I thought was my sleep. I don't know if they would want me again. Do you have? Do you have? <laughs> also, do you have a? Do you have a Fitbit or a smartwatch? I do. I have a smartwatch. Wear it when you go to bed. Hmm. Smartwatches. I had a dream with Science Bob about a year ago now. I call it mm-hmm. a dream. I woke up the next morning and it felt like I didn't sleep at all. Hi, hold on tight. How you doing? <clears throat> and when I... And Science Bob was in that dream. And... I um, I said to him, I said, Bob, how'd you sleep last night? He goes, I was tossing and turning all night. He goes, he goes, Sharon, his wife, actually woke up in the middle of the night thinking that there were people running downstairs. And so she went to check it on out, and there was nobody there. But this bothered Bob because he knows that when I ask him something, there's usually a purpose for it. So... Thinking about it, about six hours later, eight hours later, I get a message from Bob, and he says, my Fitbit shows that I was awake for 90 minutes in the middle of the night walking around. And he has zero recollection. So... There are a couple other people who I brought this to the attention to who have brought it to a number of experiencers and a number of experiencers on their Fitbits are showing times at night when they feel they've been taken that their Fitbit is actually recording the abduction. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. I have a, an old Apple watch. So yeah. I'll have to look and see if it keeps up with that, that much data on the fitness section. Mm-hmm. That definitely be something, something to give it a try. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so hold on I'm tight. Gonna... Yes. Welcome back. Uh, we got about uh, 45 seconds. Uh, Steve Wolf. No, I, uh, I have had some cool experiences. They're not often. I wish they were more often because it wouldn't drive me as nuts as it does. And it drives me nuts. It really does. It drives a lot of people nuts, you know, who are multiple experiencers. Uh, Thank you to Donnie, Patrick, and Science Bob for the amazing super chats. We're going to get going with uh, the next half hour, the final one with Kristen. And, uh, man, this is a lot of fun tonight. A lot of fun. Here we go, everyone. Let's do this thing. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. 
want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do us a favor and hit that ex- uh, subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Kristen Payton. She's an investigator, researcher, and uh, practices very good oral hygiene, lots of teeth brushing and flossing every single day. And she is out there looking for Bigfoot and looking for all sorts of weird things going on. We got her till the top of the hour. And right before the break, we were talking about this amazing portal story where she believes that she filmed a portal opening and closing. And that just freaked the daylights out of us. But nonetheless, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for having me. This has been a great time. Well, you know, we like to have a good time around here and and talk about a lot of weird stuff. And, you know, for you, when you're out investigating, you have what's going on in the forest, whether it's paranormal or supernatural or looking for the cryptids, but you also have a number of things going on at home as well. Do you think Mm -hmm. this that you have some sort of hitchhiker effect going on from your investigations? I do. I believe sometimes we may bring it back with us or it may follow us back somehow. And the dreams that I had where I was being tried or attempted to be pulled out of bed, I do believe that was something directly related to what happened out in what we call the meadow. Um, We have, I've had a lot of experiences with ghosts as well. And I wouldn't necessarily group that with a Bigfoot or with what's going on out there. Um, the orbs, the lights, that is something that maybe I would contribute because I see those out in the field as well. So maybe they do attach with us and follow us home. Are you not grounding yourself? Sir? Are you not grounding yourself? I may not be, but it doesn't happen often. (laughs) It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's pretty big and memorable. I don't know if you're like me, but every time I have an experience, no matter how big or how small, it is so fleeting that it drives me absolutely crazy because I need more. I need more of that feeling of that, of that, what is happening, whether it is something like a, a hitchhiker or seeing Bigfoot in the forest or lights in the sky or even coming face to face with a ghost, which has happened. So for you, when you have these fleeting experiences, how are you reacting to try and take it all in while trying to record the evidence as a researcher as well? I think in that moment, sometimes I don't realize how big of an event it actually is. Um, But it's just like, I try to process in my mind, I'm trying to make sense of everything, and I just can't make any sense of it because you know, these things are not supposed to exist. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to put this with something logical that science knows. It, do, it doesn't fit. So in my mind, I have a hard time just processing what it really is I'm actually seeing and experiencing. And then once I step back and some time has passed, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this was actually quite a large experience. And this was something else to it. And you start putting together small little events too. 
Um, like I've had some dreams while I'm in the woods and a teammate has had a similar dream. And at that time, the dream was a dream. But now putting it together, where we were at when this occurred uh, with someone else having a similar dream as well, it's pretty big. And I really don't know how to process it. <laughs> I just soak it all in, try to make sense of it in my little mind, and go out for more. Always. Okay. Okay. So with that happening and, and that going on, do you, how do you put your own puzzle pieces together for what you're trying to solve? Because the one thing that I have learned through this entire trip that I've got on the last nine years is the puzzle pieces don't add up. And they never seem to to get you where you need to go. So I'm curious for you, how are you adding up your own puzzle pieces? Because even though you're working in a group setting, a lot of these experiences are very individual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, right now my puzzle is if you took the box, shook it up, and tossed it on the floor. I've got little pieces everywhere, but they're not fitting like you. They're not fitting together. Um, I try to categorize like, okay, is this maybe extraterrestrial ET? Maybe this is interdimensional. Maybe this is just the flesh and blood Bigfoot here I have here. Um, But I I can't connect everything. I'm starting to to connect maybe these lights that we're seeing being ET related. Okay, so then we have Bigfoot activity. So maybe that's related. But are they extraterrestrial? Are they interdimensional? Somehow they fit together, but I don't know myself how how they connect. That's that's why I'm out there. It doesn't make logical, rational sense, but it's happening. It's continuing to happening, and it seems like it's happening more and more. The more open-minded you are, I do believe the more it happens, and the more you realize these things are happening around you. I just had a weird deja vu there for a second. <laughs> Strange. Okay, so the idea that you are trying to put these pieces together, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for the sake of trying to bring rationalization to these topics? Because I can tell you right now, I'm not a researcher, but when I'm out in the field, I'm doing it completely selfishly, you know, because I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. I'm somebody who has that weekend warrior attitude where I'm going to go out, I'm going to do my best. And if I see anything or, or, or what have you, I don't even bring a camera with me. I just want to experience it with my own eyes. But for Mm -hmm. you, what's the directive? Which way are you going? Um, um, I want to know for myself. I want to know. I have questions. I need answers to. The more experiences I have, the more questions I have. The more I want to know why this is happening. What is this? What does it want? What is it doing here? Where is it from? I mean, so many questions. But at the same time, I'm also trying to document for, not only for myself, so I can go back and look and say, this is what I saw when happened, is what happened. I want to bring it to the attention to other people as well. I want to share all of this. And people that live... A few hours away from me in a city surrounded by concrete walls, concrete sidewalks, no forest around. They would think I'm nuts. And But I want to get it out there that if you go out in these woods, people are like, oh, we'll take a day trip hiking. Sounds so lovely. These things are out in the woods. You've got to be careful. 
but keep an open mind because this is what's happening. And here is what I have to show you. This is some, this is a picture. This is a video. You know, it's not just my story, my account verbally. I'm telling you because anybody can make up anything, but this is my physical proof. I'm showing you, this is what has happened. I just want to, I want everyone to be aware. I want them to gain a sense of there's something more than the four walls inside your house and what's shown on TV. There's way more out there that we do not understand. We're just scratching the surface. But you've got to be careful because it's not understood. But yeah, I just, for myself, I want to know. But also for other people, I want them to also kind of experience and see what I've seen. So I guess two different reasons why I'm out in the field. Do you think you're getting closer to your answers or every day you just take another step in into the, the swimming pool and go for your hours and hours of treading water? Mm-hmm. Very much so. I do believe I went from diving off of the little diving board on the kiddie pool to diving off of a high dive. And I do have a feeling there's quite a few diving boards higher up too. Because the more I experience, the more questions I have and the more I don't understand. The more things don't fit together. I try to. I try to make stuff together, but it's not. It's not making sense. What scares you in the field? I mean, you've had your close encounters, you know, but is it a UFO landing with beings coming out? Is it Dogman? Is it other cryptid creatures? Is it going through one of those portals and not being able to come back? I mean, what, yeah. what, what is your fear? I don't want to go missing, whether that be due to me stepping off of a cliff and falling in a hole or getting bit by a snake and, you know, falling and no one finding me or walking through a portal. I don't want to go missing. I think it's the unknown that scares me. And I know I'm out there searching and looking for the unknown, but what if I would have went through that portal and it would have closed? Or where would I have been? You know, I don't, I would have never seen my family. Probably not. Uh, that scares me is going missing for one. Um, and also just what I cannot see. I've had something, excuse me, walk up to me, like walking up to me, but I could not see it. And that terrified me because I could not see what was coming. If something's coming towards me, I want to be able to see it. But if I can't see it, it scares me. I like to be able to see my surroundings and I'd like to be able to see what's about to eat me. <laughs> see for me, oh. for me, it is my son because oh. I want my, my son is eight years old. He'll be nine later this month, but he loves coming out Sasquatch hunting and the little bugger doesn't know yet, but he is very, very in tune. Very into. And I'll give you an example. A few weeks ago, my buddy Paul, the lip blade, uh, him and I were driving and my son fell asleep in the back of our Jeep. And we went up this one road and Paul all of a sudden started channeling his his deceased father. And his dad's like, don't go any further up this road. There's something bad there. You don't want to go. So, okay, we, we listen to those type of messages, okay? Uh, and we come down off this, off this logging road and like, we're bouncing. This is a rough road. We're bouncing all over the place. We finally get down to the, the gravel road intersection to get back on the main road. 
And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my son, wide awake, Daddy, we need to go home. It's not safe here. And then, boom, right back asleep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy, right? So yeah. my fear is with him because I will take him out on our adventures and, you know, I'm always thinking as a parent where it's like, okay, son, you make sure you, you're you always in, you're either in my eyesight or you're right in between me and someone else and you're walking in the uh-huh. middle because I've, I've told him about David Politis and missing 411, you know, or you hear these stories where all of a sudden a child goes 10 feet behind a tree, you know to check something out or to go to the bathroom and boom, they're gone Mm -hmm. just that quickly. That is my absolute nightmare. Oh, I would flip out. Yeah. Yeah. That would be scary. And it can happen so quick. It seems like you mentioned the kids, they walk off to go look at something in the Creek and mom and dad's right there. And then they're like, son, and they're gone. Not a single trace of them. What happens to them? Yeah. See, and that's why, but even like getting back to your portal story, where your friend saw something on the other side, they went to mm-hmm. the other side, and even though it was a little bit different, it was the same. And I'm one, mm-hmm. I, I often wonder now, like if that portal closed, would they have been able to come back to you? Were you yes. on the other side? Was there two of you? Yes, yes. And that's something we don't know. And one of the reasons we set up or have set up a safety protocol, if this were to happen again, if we were to send somebody into the portal, we will be roped together. There'll be, you know, we've we've got little steps. We'll be roped together, everything. But then, of course, you go, if the portal closes, is that going to sever everything we have? We don't know. So it's definitely something we have to be wary of out in the field. Because you you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, definitely tie yourself up because have you ever heard of the Zendras that happen uh, up in uh, Mount Shasta? Sounds familiar, but okay. So, so through a, a lot of Mexican people do this. Okay, Spanish people where they will gather, congregate in a big circle, which they and they will all start this beautiful meditation. And in this meditation, all of a sudden this fog will roll in. And this is what they call the Zendra. And Mm -hmm. telepathically, certain people, uh, say you have a group of 30, there might be two, three, or four that are actually invited into the Zendra. And this is apparently a portal that opens up to who knows what. A lot of people believe it's a portal that opens up to an extraterrestrial realm. And people have seen things. Grant Cameron has done a lot of study, uh, did a lot of study a couple of years ago on Zendras. And I would love to go to one of these. Would love to. Because I know if anything weird is going to happen, it's coming my way. (laughs) It's coming to you. (laughs) It's coming my way. And I got to know. I'm still waiting for a spaceship to land in my backyard. So after, if all of a sudden I'm on commercial break and don't show back up, that's because A, Dave had a heart attack, or B, Dave got taken. 
And I'm really <laughs> hoping that Dave gets taken during this show one time. <laughs> I so, really so I neither need to call nine one one or call move on or the other. No, hell no. I'm not calling either. You know, let's just go for a ride. Doesn't matter if I come back or not. Doesn't matter. You know what? That's what that's what li- my life insurance policy is for. How did he die? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't know. We don't have a body. Well, he went off with aliens. That's what happened. He went off with the aliens. I'm not sure if that's covered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no please. kidding. Yes. We got we got about just under seven minutes left with you tonight. Yes. You know, tell us a story about some of your paranor- your strangest paranormal sightings or happenings. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because there was something I wanted to bring up. I had an experience with orbs in North Carolina in a very creepy area well known for high strangeness. And it was the first time I have seen <clears throat> orbs. I mean, I've seen little ones, but these were huge. A group of us out in the woods, um, actually walking to a field to do some research. Um, One of the guys in the group hangs back from us just to take a look, keep an eye out for everything. And he radios to us. We're not far up the trail, but good little ways. Radio says, hey, um, I've got lights following me. You might want to come back. They're like, what? There are lights? What? But this is a guy who's Goes out solo all the time, does not get freaked out. So when he says, come back, we come back. And we are, as a group, looking at these huge round balls of amber light, amber light. And they're morphing into different numbers, different formations. They're circling. The Master Build app lets me control my charcoal grill and smoker from anywhere. So even though I'm at the game now, I know there'll be a perfectly smoked brisket waiting for me at home. The Masterbuilt Gravity Series. Let gravity do the work. If you're not cooking with charcoal, you ain't cooking out. Nothing gives your backyard barbecues that rich, smoky flavor like the real taste of charcoal. With the Masterbuilt Gravity Series, now all that flavor is as easy as cooking on gas. Easy to light, easy to maintain temperature, And no more babysitting. Don't compromise flavor for convenience. Get the revolutionary gravity series by Masterbuilt. Around each other. And they're somewhat close to the ground. It's not like they're above the tree line. This is probably 10 foot off the ground, 15 foot. It's kind of hard to judge. Awful with distance. But not that far off of the ground. I try to... processing this with my eyes and looking, wondering what it is. So I'm sitting there going, I need to get this recorded. Like, who is going to believe me? Like, we're all just in amazement at these beautiful lights just circling. I get my flare out. Um, They do not show up on flare. So that means they're emitting no heat, which makes, doesn't make sense. Because all, you know, light, there's light, it's usually going to put out heat, no heat. There's no bodies like holding a flashlight or a headlamp or there's nothing holding these lights. They're just free floating. Um, so they're not picking up on my flare. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my phone. No, it was actually my camera. I'm like, I'm getting my old fashioned camera out. I'm going to record this on my camera. Um, new batteries, everything. I click the on button. I'm looking and my camera is dead. Fried. Gone. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I wasn't seeing them on my camera and whatever it was, some for some reason, my batteries died. Zero percent. So I'm like, next, 
I'm gonna grab my cell phone. You know, I'm I'm prepared. I've got some recording device in every pocket I have. I pull up my cell phone, put it on. They're not showing up on my cell phone. It's just dark black night on my cell phone. Um, luckily, my cell phone doesn't die. But um, I put that up when I realized I'm not going to capture this in anything and just sit there and watch. That's all I can do. And these lights, as they're changing formation, then they start coming towards us. Um, getting a little nervous. You know, what, what's this coming at us? We don't know. Um and they're still just making all formations and going from two to four. And so one of the other guys in the group, he has this huge spotlight. And he was gung-ho for Bigfoot. He's like, I'm getting me a monster tonight. <laughs> I'm not out here for orbs. And he said, I'm lighting it up. Because also to see where these lights are coming from. So he turns his spotlight on, lights up the whole area. There is nothing there. Nothing. Lights go back off. Um, we start walking, you know, back towards the area of research. And still in the forest, we're seeing some lights, but nothing like it was. We also notice, um, like, all of our K2 meters are pegging. Like, it's going from green normal to off-the-chart reds when this is occurring. We now carry tri-field meters with us. At that time, we didn't. I believe one team member may have. And there was, if I'm not mistaken, some radiation spikes. I can't verify that because have a lot happen. But I know my K2 meter was pegging off the red during this occurrence. So um, through the night, you know, we come back through that area after researching. I did not see any more lights. But our K2 meters in that same area were going crazy. What was that? I don't know. Alien, possibly. But there was no human emitting light or holding so that was one of, my, one of my wonderful experiences in North Carolina woods. Very, very strange. Yes. Did you take anything home with you after that? No, I did not. I, not that I know of. <laughs> not that I know of. But no, it, you know, after that occurrence, it's, it calmed down. We, I'm trying to think we may have a few more odd occurrences, but nothing to that impact. I mean, but that really stayed with me, and that's something that I would love to see again. You know, it wasn't these little balls of light. These were big balls of light in the woods that were dancing around and coming towards us. Just absolutely beautiful and amazing. Interesting. Very, mm -hmm. very interesting that you're going through that. As we have about a minute to go here with you. I want to say thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight, Kristen. It's been an no, absolute you. pleasure getting to know you and hear your amazing stories and research, and we definitely do want to do it again with you for sure. Tell people where they could go to find interest in, in you, your team, and the research that you guys are conducting. All right, so I'm a member of ASOG, Anomalous Studies and Observations Group, and North Georgia Cryptid Researchers. Um, along with Caroline Cryptid Field Researcher as well. So you guys can look us up on Facebook or Instagram. We have some pages. Um, my name's Kristen Payton. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I don't have a dedicated Bigfoot paranormal page on any of them. Uh, maybe in the future, but as of right now, it's just me. Well, that's okay. So you can <laughs> that works for us. 
That, that works for us. Thank you so much, Kristen, again, for coming on Spaced Out Radio. Absolute blast. And I know that we are going to have a lot of fun with you and Jessica hanging on out, Jessica being part of our weekend crew on our YouTube channel. So continue the great research, and we will talk to you very soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Kristen Payton, everybody. And, yeah, how about that portal story? That is absolutely amazing. When we return for Hour 3 of Spaced Out Radio, we're going to head to the swamp. Then Bigfoot Rob is going to show us his new bandana and the cryptid report. It's Dave 101 and Shirky Poo's news, a jam-packed final hour of Spaced Out Radio coming up next. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. Clear? Great job. We'll give you a few claps. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. Stay amazing. And uh, do do me a favor. Don't tell Jessica this. Next time you're in the forest with her, trip her. (laughs) Just, just just, Just for us. Just for us, just just kind of kind of just try and trip her a little bit. Not nothing that's okay. going to hurt her, you know. But just a, just a little trip, you know. Or, I'll kick out my leg and be like, "Oops, I'm sorry, I was just stretching." Ab- absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> just do that oh. when she's wearing her okay. camouflage. Oh yes, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot! Oh, yeah. Shoot! She's listening. She's listening. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. We we know nothing. We know nothing. We didn't say anything. <laughs> There's no incriminating evidence. Nothing. I would never stick my foot out. No. 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 <laughs> if I if I did that, I would be scared of what the payback would be. So well, she is she them. is a little trigger happy. Have you seen the bullet holes in her walls? She is trigger happy. That one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Kristen. Thank you so much. I had thank a lovely you. time with you, and I know our audience did too. We'll talk soon, okay? All right. You have a good night. Take care. Kristen Payton, everybody. What a great, great night. She is so much fun. So much fun. All right. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to take a bathroom break, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back.
We got one minute left. Christian Payton in our chat room. Thank you for joining us. Very nice of you. Very nice of you. Hey, Christoph, what's happening, man? Good to see you here. Kira, thank you so much for the super sticker, along with Donnie, Patrick, and Bob for the amazing super chats. Thank you so much, Kira. Much love to you. And we're going to get going here in just a couple of seconds. Yeah, Swamp Dwellers next. Senate hearings I'm hearing in uh, maybe a couple of weeks. Maybe. Hello, gorgeous angel wings. Felipe, how are you? Good to have you here, man. No, did not, Evan. Did not. It's for after the show. What's on my shirt? Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with hour number three of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Oniric. Oniric is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head into the forest. Our resident swamp dweller has another spooky story to share with us. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I've experienced many creepy things in my life. This is the second bizarre encounter I've faced at a park. I've talked about my other meetings and encounters in the past with other people, but I wanted to share this one with you because it's one that still creeps me out. In my first year of high school, I had two friends that I was close with. I'll call them Bree and Y. I hung out with Bree and Y every weekend. Bree and I usually spend the night at Y's house on Friday. Her house was laid back, her parents were really cool, and they were okay with us being out late if we went home when her mom called. The three of us always went to a park near Y's house. It was only a few minutes away, so we would decide to walk there. I guess a little extra context, Y lives pretty much in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of our small town. Anyways, the three of us would stay out late at the park. I know what you're thinking, three teens at a park? 
Late at night, in the middle of nowhere, no parents around? Looking back, it was dumb, and it wasn't smart for us to stay out so late. Anyway, one night we went to the park. We would often walk around, talk, get food, and eat at the park. It was late June, school was out, so we went to the park because the night breeze felt nice. We were there for a good two hours or so. Sometime around 1.30am, Wise mom called and said we should start heading back. We were at the playground, just chilling at the swing set. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I hear a woman crying, and it's uncontrollable crying. Absolutely frantic. I didn't know where it was coming from. My friends and I just sat there silent, kind of freaked out. I turned my head to where the swirly slide is, and I see some sort of woman, maybe in her late 20s, sitting there, all by herself with her legs crossed, covering her eyes with her hands and sobbing loudly. So right off the bat, I felt creeped out. This was a horror movie in the making. I felt highly uncomfortable. Let's ask her what's wrong, said my friend Bree. I told them that he was out of his mind. Bree and Y were trying to convince me to approach the woman with them, but I kept saying no. We just stood there watching this lady cry in confusion. Then we see two men come out of nowhere. Both of these men were Caucasian, both in their late 20s, I want to say. One man was tall and buff, and the other was chubby but tall. The first guy walked over to the woman crying, while the other guy sat at the bench, across from us, just watching us. The tall, buff guy said something to the woman, but I couldn't hear him. Then she gets up, still crying, and starts walking around the park with him. They were walking as if they were walking laps around the park. The man sitting on the bench still looking at my friends and me, kind of starts freaking me out. I tell my friend that we should start walking home, he doesn't take his eyes off us the entire time, and we slowly but surely start walking and cross paths with the woman and the tall buff man. The woman is still crying, but I try to mind my business by not turning my head. I don't know why I got the strong urge to look, but I did. And when I did, I remember the fear that filled my body. As I slightly turned back, I could see that the man had a gun pointed at the woman's back. He had his other hand on the back of her neck. He was still close to us in this distance. He turned his head, made eye contact with me, and winked. At that moment, I didn't know what to do, but I told my friends to absolutely, by no means, stop running until they got home. They were confused as why I told them to run, and why I sounded so panicked. I didn't tell them the guy had a gun until we were far away from the park so they wouldn't freak out and scream. After that, we returned home and called the cops. We told Wise parents everything. I don't know why the men were there with that woman. I don't know what their intentions were. I just hoped that she was safely rescued. And I'm glad that she got our attention because we may have saved a life that day. Ah, that's why we love the swamp dweller around here. For these spooky stories, there are literally thousands of them. All you have to do is go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. Hit that subscribe button and enjoy the spooky stories. Speaking of spooky stories, we got them till the bottom of this hour. It's Bigfoot Michigan Rob filling in for Super Duke of World Bigfoot Radio right here for the SOR Cryptid Report. All right. 
right, Bigfoot Rich Michigan Rob is here donning the North Carolina Tar Heels baby blue headband tonight. How you doing? Yeah, thank you for that. You know, I'm glad you picked that out. I didn't expect that, and uh, I'm not a fan of the Tar Heels. I'm a Wolverine, but uh, yeah, you know what? Now that I look at myself back on television here or on YouTube, I can identify. Yes, you are a Tar Heel for the night. A Tar Heel yes, for I the am. night. Well, I guess it's better than being a Spartan for Michigan State. Absolutely. We don't have to go there. Yes, as a Michigan, I, I am an alum of the University of Michigan, and they get everything that they deserve over there. Good old Tommy Izzo and the rest of that group. For those that uh, don't follow sports, uh, look it up. Look it up. That's all I have to say. <laughs> My good buddy used to play uh, uh, college hockey at Michigan State. He used to tell me about the rivalry games between Michigan and Michigan State, saying it was just absolutely crazy. I mean, when, when Red Berenson was coaching Michigan, and uh, it was it was absolutely nuts during those games. But nonetheless, let's move on. We got yeah. you till the bottom of the hour here before we have to go to the Dave 101 after the break. Okay. What kind of spooky story you got for us tonight? You know, I got a couple, Dave, and I have to say that, uh, you know, I talked to Dave Scott from Space Cell Radio some time back, and, you know, I feel like I'm kind of an on-call emergency surgeon, especially on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I set aside in my archive just for Dave Scott, just for Space Cell Radio. And I got the call, and I'm, 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 I'm thrusted. I'm thrusted into emergency surgery, and I do have something that, everybody will certainly be entertained by. Now, I have to admit, I have to read this first one because this is an email that I got two days ago, so it was nice and fresh. So I have to apologize for reading my email right off my A lot goes into taking care of your property. You need equipment with more reliability, durability, and versatility built in. Like number one selling Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors, Z-Series mowers that deliver a quality cut, and Sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Lee Tractor Company of Mississippi. Mississippi's elite Kubota dealer. On the web at LeeTractor.net. Hello? You're still playing that game? Oh, man, it looks like you're in a game daze. Yeah, I'm getting you Blocks blue light glasses from Zenny. Okay, okay, I'm pausing it. Um, what are Blocks? Well, Blocks glasses help protect your eyes against blue light from digital devices. Sounds like Blocks will let me play longer. Ugh. Add Blocks to any Zenny frame for stylish all-day protection from harmful blue light. Get a complete pair of prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. And get back to gaming. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone phone here but we're gonna start let's this do it is from this is from central oregon bigfoot jackson california sighting and here we go it happened a couple of nights ago i was watching a movie in my room when i heard a noise outside this was about one in the morning pacific standard time it sounded like a long blowing horn so i turned down my tv i put it on mute thinking it was a siren I knew it was not a siren myself. I heard it again, and I knew it was coming from something alive, something alive, everybody. I went outside, and the noise was so disturbing that I actually felt scared of it. It was more like this cry, but not 
but 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 in a howl fashion. Like he was hurt and moaned in pain by an injury. I have a few dogs, and each of them were very disturbed by it. They refused to come near the front or back of the doors or the porch. It was like they didn't want to come outside. I assumed it must be a bear or a mountain lion. But the one thing that confused me was I don't think animals like that sound like that. The day after this happened, my friend came to pick me up around 8 in the morning or 8 at night, excuse me. We enjoyed going to casinos, and there was one about 35 miles from where I live. The sun had just set, and we drove maybe more than four miles down the road when I heard the noise again. I rolled down the windows. I rolled the window down more, and my friend heard it again. It was close to where we were, so we slowed down to get a better hear. The noise stopped. So we started driving again. About no more than 10 seconds later, we saw what looked like a 10-foot man covered in hair. This is not a joke. And when he and when the headlights shined on this eyes, when the headlights shined, the eyes in the background glowed. Human eyes don't do that, he says. He was pretty far from outside our vehicle, and no, I didn't see his face. His hair was black, maybe dark brown, and yes, his eyes glowed in the light. The first thing we both thought was Bigfoot. But neither of us agreed. I did a little I did a little look up on my computer and found information on Bigfoot. The howling and the sight of the animal could not have been of a human. And it was as if there was these massive eyes just glowed. They looked like big contacts, perhaps from a Hollywood movie. I'm pretty sure the car in back of us saw the same thing we saw, because they slowed down and stayed behind for a minute. Got out, spoke with us, petrified, and then he drove away. You know, I just got that a couple days ago, and, you know, it sounds like a typical encounter. You know, it wasn't big, scary. It wasn't fashionable, but it's the typical things that we hear. And, And I thought it was interesting to read. I just saw it the other day that I got it on email. And, um... And again, nothing outrageous, but it's a typical sighting that I get every day, Dave. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the fact that, you know, more and more people are paying attention, Rob, and having these close encounter sightings, but it's rare to hear one of a 10-footer. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, and again, you know, when you're reading things, I get an email, I'll read it, and I just did it today, and it's like, yeah, 10 foot, wow, you know, you hear 8 to 9 foot, typically it's 9 foot, but, you know, who are we to, do we really know how big these things are? You know, there's, you get reports, they're 8, 10, 12 feet, and then you can talk about the dog man, 8 foot, and then, of course, any other cryptid out there, but it seems to fall in the category, and hey, it is what it is. I thought it was interesting. Um, but moving forward, though, I got a really cool encounter uh, from a subscriber that I like to get check into. We got, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, we have about uh, nine minutes. This is pretty neat, and this is something different. And, 
you know, typically, Dave, when I come on the show, I talk about Michigan encounters. And, and this encounter, finally, to, to change it up a little bit, is from Tennessee. And this was in 2010. And this was in the Smoky Mountains. In fact, it was uh, a belt of the mountains. It was called the Cherokee Mountains. And there were three guys that went out to explore in the wilderness, in the woods, and the mountains. They wanted to go explore. They wanted to set camp at the base of the mountains. I'm going to call them Jim, Jerry, and Jim. Jim, Jerry, and John. That's what I'm going to call them just because I don't know what their names are. Their They were experienced in tracking and hiking, did a lot of camping. And when they reached Cherokee Mountain Base, they went into the local establishment, and they were talking to the locals about where they were going and and the locals had asked where exactly in the Smokies are you going well we're going to the base of the Cherokee Mountains and the locals they were in a, a shop picking up supplies some food to take with them and they had retorted and they said well they called this area where they were going the good luck zone so these three guys, Jim, Jerry, and John, they asked, well, why would you call it the good luck zone? And the locals in the shop that they were in, whoever was working at the time, said, well, nobody has really had a good experience there. You know, they say, you know, you guys, one in ten people that come back, we asked them about the trip, they asked about the camping, and they say, you know, we probably won't come back. And the locals in town are like, well, this is not very good for business when half, when 10% of the people are not having a good, good experience. So the men, these guys, they continue to ask, well, what type of stories? I mean, what, why, why is there not anybody coming back? And they just, they shrugged their shoulders and they said, you know, nobody got in great detail about it other than, they really will probably set back into their store, <laughs> into this area. So the three guys, Jim, Jerry, and John, they go about their business and they say, well, we're going to come back and we won't be part of that 10%. Day one, they reach the base of the mountain. And they're exploring the mountain. It's daytime. They're looking around, doing the thing, and they come up with, they're having a good time. Nothing out of the ordinary. They go back to base camp, take care of whatever they need to do for the day, for the night. Day one, at nighttime, they go out. They go to the same area. And, uh, and now they venture a little further into a mouth of a cave or a cavern. And it's nighttime, and they're looking into the sky, and the sky is bright with stars. But they notice at the base, they're sitting at the edge of the woods, the baseline of the woods, and they can look into the mountains. And in this, in this cavern where there happens to be a cave, they notice some light shining. Now, they, identi they identify these lights as orbs, and these orbs are, are multicolored. They're reds, they're blues, they're greens. And they notice that Within the orbs, there were there were shadows. Now, not shadows of people, not a hominid, 
nothing, uh, not an animal, but just kind of like shadows, not even like a shadow person, but just shadows. And the thing about this is the orbs and the shadows, they all blended together kind of, um, kind of in, in unison together. It almost appeared as though they were like kind of trying to dance. It's kind of like if you were a awkward as a high schooler or a junior high person, and you're going to your dance and everyone kind of fumbles around. You know, you want to ask that girl out for a dance and you can't and you're fumbling about. So one of the gentlemen in this group decides to play some music and he projects the music toward the orbs and these shadows. And now it seemed like the orbs and the shadows in unison, they kind of blended together and kind of, as they describe like a ballet, it was a, a beautiful dance and they all, they were very symmetrical and it was, they're all in unison. Really? Yes. Yeah. And you know, it's a beautiful story. I'm like, wow, man, I'd like to be there hanging out, you know, Dave. So this goes on for several minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. In the distance, they hear this howl, and the orbs, they disappear. And the shadows, they don't disappear, but they blend into a a taller object, which surpasses the entrance of the cave. It's maybe eight, nine foot tall. Then it disappears. So these guys are, wow, what what a... What a fabulous experience. They can't put their hand on it. So day two comes around and they go back to the same area. This is the daytime where the orbs were, where they found, where they, uh, where the orbs were, where they get to this area, they look around during the day and they find where the orbs were at the, at the mouth of this cave. They find a burnt, a burnt out area. It was, but when they are looking at it very closely, Dave, um, one of the guys who was a, he was an engineer of some sort, what, whatever his expertise was, I don't know. But they spent time with these, this, this burnt ground trying to figure out what is this because all the other vegetation, the grass around it was green. But the burnt, the burnt grass, he was putting together letters and it, and in his mind, it spelled out five letters L E A V E which is leave. And this freaked the guys out. And they said like, Hey, Jim, Johnny, whatever his name was, are you, you know, come on. We don't see this. Well, this guy says, yes. If you look long story short, he tries to tell these guys this burnt, the burnt down grass from the orbs from the night before burnt out the word leave. So they go back there at nighttime to the same area from the night before, the same area where the supposed L-E-A-V-E was spelled out. And now the orbs, they're waiting around. They're getting ready to pack it up and go. All of a sudden, the orbs come back. The orbs come back, but this time they come back, Dave, and everybody listening, they come back bigger, brighter, We got 90, 90 seconds, buddy. They come back bigger, Bigger, brighter, and stronger. A shadow. The shadow comes back again. Larger, bigger, and stronger. The howl comes back. Bigger, larger, and scarier. 
And without a second, they all panic. Everything disappears once again. They leave the site. And that, my friends, is the end of that tale. Wow. Bigfoot Michigan, Rob, always, always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio. Tell us where they can find your podcast. Bigfoot, you know, everybody subscribe to Bigfoot Michigan Rob. It's very easy. Type it out on the computer, hit enter, and hit subscribe. I want to get to 1,000, and I'm getting close before my Alabama. I go to Alabama June 10th and 11th. I'll be speaking with a bunch of great people, and uh, I'd, I'd really enjoy to go down there and tell everybody and flaunt my 1,000 subscribers. Help me out. Dave, I love you. I love everybody in chat. You have a great show, and I'm always, I'm always humbled to come on your show, my friend. I love you, brother. All right. Take care. Bigfoot Michigan Rob. Coming up next on Spaced Out Radio, it is time again for Dave 101, where we're going to get into why it's important for Canada and other countries to start backing the United States on the UAP disclosure. Yes, we're going to open that can of worms up. And then we got Shirky Poo's news to end it all. So let us have a lot of fun here in the final half hour. Stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio will be right back. Good job, Michigan Rob, with your Tar Heel bandana. <laughs> you know, Dave, you know, you had to point that out because I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, That's brother. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. And go Oilers, man. I want, I'm, I'm rooting for the Oilers. You have the best player in hockey on your team. Well, we're, we're down 2-0 to uh, Colorado. Yeah, but, uh, I know. But I got to run here. I got to hit the bathroom here. All right, brother. I love you. I'll talk to you. Later. Be right back, everyone.
How y'all doing? Terry Brown, how are you? Flat Rock, good to see you. Anybody else punch on in? Oh, there's little Jimmy Goodall right there. Love you, Jim. You're amazing. Absolutely amazing. GFGFGFGFG, thank you so much. Yeah, Larry McGuire was fantastic last night. If you guys didn't get a chance to uh, check that out, you guys need to. That is one really important interview, and it was an exclusive, too. So, uh, Peter, where are you? Oh, the voom, 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 voom. Yeah, I've heard that before. Thank you tonight to Kira, Donnie, Patrick, and Bob for the awesome super chats. Good morning, Commonwealth Andrew. Good to have you here. Bigfoot Rob, you were amazing as usual. We got 25 seconds before we're going to launch here. And uh, we're going to make some good stuff happen. Yeah. We've rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Space Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where I give my opinion through the Dave 101. It is the news that just will not go away, no matter how much we try and say, let's move on from the UFO topic. No, no, we can't. And there's reason why. Shortly, coming up, both Robert Salas and maybe Luis Elizondo will be appearing as wit Enterprise isn't just one of the world's largest transportation providers. We're a committed team helping you get to what matters most, your family, your livelihood, and your next adventure. Getting you there begins with our employees who are motivated to make a difference for you every day. 
around the world and around the corner in neighborhoods like yours. Connecting you to all the places you love. That's Enterprise. Enterprise is ready when you are. For all the, are we there yet? And look at that. The anticipation and conversations in a vehicle that came from Enterprise. With the peace of mind of our complete clean pledge, curbside rentals, and low-touch transactions. Plus so many vehicles of all kinds. So you can relax and focus on the moment. All of them. Enterprise. Connecting you to all the places you love. This is in Brazil for their own governmental hearings regarding unidentified aerial phenomena. We have seen it recently in the United States with the congressional hearings, which we are expecting within the next few weeks there to be more of these and more eyewitnesses and testimony called to Washington, D.C. Who will be on that list? We don't know. It's fun to speculate. If I were to give my top five, this is who I would choose. I would want Luis Elizondo to speak. I would want Chris Mellon to speak. I would want Stanford scientist Gary Nolan to speak. I would like Eric Davis or Admiral Wilson to speak on the Wilson-Davis documents on the record. I would like somebody like Robert Bigelow to speak. And the reason? Well, before all of this became public, Bigelow was a big player in Nevada with UAP. So, why is this story important? Because we now see other governments around the world starting to take this subject very, very seriously. We've seen the conversation open up as the U.S. congressional hearings were literally worldwide news, front page news. This has never happened in the UFO world before. And even though it was only 50-some years ago to the previous UFO hearings in the United States, this time it seems a little different. It seems like the media is finally waking up to the point that this story is not going away, that the tinfoil hat people were actually right, and there is something that needs to be discussed. We look right here in Canada, where I am, and broadcasting from central British Columbia, where there are a plethora of UFO sightings annually. Here, we are seeing, for the first time, government officials talk about UFOs. It's all been led by conservative member of parliament, Larry McGuire, who we had an exclusive interview with. And McGuire has never seen a UFO. No, he's never seen one. In fact, he admitted on this show that he became interested in this topic because of what was happening south of the border. And, like any good mathematician, he was able to put 2 plus 2 together, and it equaled 4. And if it equaled 4, that meant that if it's happening in the United States, there's a very good chance that UFOs are happening in Canada as well. This is starting to gain momentum. It's taken a couple of years while he has garnered support within his own party for researching UAP. It has also crossed the floor to other parties to see what they think, and they believe that it should be investigated as well. However, the way the Canadian parliamentary system works, the head party, which is the Liberal Party by Justin Trudeau, hasn't quite picked up 
UAP just yet. Even though we know members, including former Defense Minister Harjeet Sajjan, was read in just four days before the DIA report was released June 25th of last year in Washington, D.C. And we know that back in 2019, former Ambassador to the United States, David McNaughton, allegedly has met with Prime Minister Trudeau and other executives of the Liberal Party to discuss unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, this story needs our support. It doesn't matter whether you're Canadian like I am, American like most of our listeners and our radio stations, or whether you're in the United Kingdom, South Africa, Japan, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, where a lot of our listeners are. This subject, we have to remember, is unifying around the world. This is a subject that will affect every single person on this planet. And like we've stated before on this show, there are very few times where something will affect everybody. Nuclear holocaust would be one. And let us hope that we never, ever see that day of light, because that will truly be scary. We could think of something like a pandemic-type disease, maybe worse than COVID. Look, if you go back in time and see a lot of the other plagues that have happened, it's wiped out way more people. Now, this isn't to get into a COVID debate, but there are certain areas on this planet where people were not affected, especially those on smaller islands where, well, let's just say they're still quite uninhabited and still partying like it's four ninety nine, not nineteen ninety nine, like Prince used to sing. And here we go. Pandemics, nuclear holocaust, Jesus Christ coming down from the heavens above to say, hey, boys and girls, I'm back. That would affect everybody, wouldn't it? But extraterrestrials, the final frontier of space, that would blow the lights off of everybody where we would finally realize that no, we are not alone in this universe. Now, for Canada, we are still a little bit behind on things. We are still at the point where we don't know what this is. We don't want to say it's extraterrestrial just yet. Unlike the conversations that are happening in the United States, where they do believe that it is something. We only have to look at Representative Mike Gallagher, who literally said on a podcast, we don't know where they're coming from. Are they time travelers? Are they from different dimensions? Are they from outer space? Are they from inner earth? We really don't know. That's the first time that that has been opened up in public. And there's a lot of conversations that do need to be opened up in public. And there's a lot of conversations that we, the people, need to know about. And this is where it comes down to disclosure. What is disclosure? Now, some people will say disclosure has happened because the federal government, especially in the United States, has already disclosed these events are happening. Canada is on its way. Many other countries, like Brazil, Australia, are on their way as well. There are those who feel that disclosure has not happened. 
like myself. I consider this more confirmation of what is going on. But as an experiencer, I've had my own disclosure because everybody's disclosure is different. Yours is going to be different than mine. Mine is going to be different than my son's. My son's is going to be different than my daughter's. That's going to be different than their mom's. That's going to be different than many other things. We can all have a personal disclosure, that personal aha, I get it moment. But what we don't have is the information that we desire. To me, true disclosure is talking about what happened at Roswell. What happened at Shag Harbor? What kind of craft was that that left radiation burns on Stefan Mikulik at Falcon Lake? What were those gigantic boomerang-shaped craft over Phoenix in 1997? What really did happen at the Ariel School where the elementary kids ran into extraterrestrials? This is what we need to know. We need to know what's happening with missing people. We need to know what's happening with those who just vanish. Are they going through portals? Is Bigfoot taking them? Is Dogman serving them for dinner? Or are aliens grabbing them? Or are they walking through into a different timeline? This earth holds a number of mysteries that we still cannot comprehend or understand because it goes such against the true grains of the science that we know right now that there is no way on Neil deGrasse Tyson's round earth that we will ever be able to figure it out. Many of our scientists are too arrogant to understand. Many of our scientists do not want to go down this road because of their tenure, because of government grants or private grants, where they don't want their name associated with anything to do with extraterrestrials, UFOs, or the woo in general. And it's sad, because once again, it falls on the people. The people who have interest in this subject. The people who have experienced things that are out of this world. We know that things are happening. But we need to know the true details of everything that the government knows. We need to know, do we have crash retrievals? Have we met extraterrestrial species? Have we been in contact with those species? Have we been in contact with other strange anomalies? Is it about God? Is it not about God? Does God exist? What exists? We know the phenomena exist, but what exactly is the phenomena? The scariest part of all this is recently, in, in a private conversation I had with one of my sources while we were down in Vegas for the uh, first ever SOR fan party, was this. The phenomena is everything. It is Mother Earth. It is this desk that I'm sitting at. It is the microphone that I am speaking to you. It is my dogs, my cats, every person on this planet, your animals, 
the grass in your front yard, the plants you keep at home, the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, the UFOs, the missing time, the consciousness, the psychic ability, the NDEs, OBEs, every tree in the forest, every drip of water that falls from the sky and fills our lakes, ponds, and rivers. It is absolutely everything the phenomena is. And we have no idea with our current science and our current brain power of what or how to explain the phenomena. We don't know if we are an experiment. We don't know if this is something that is magically created. We don't know if reincarnation is real, even though many religions believe on this planet that it is in fact real. We don't know. That is the most powerful answer that we can get. But what we are figuring out is that this whole phenomena thing, there may be something to it. We need to pay more attention, which is why this falls on the shoulders of the people. As voters, as citizens of whatever country you are in, except for maybe North Korea, where they don't get much say, we need to be able to talk to our elected representatives regarding this. We need to put the pressure on them. It doesn't take one citizen. It takes many constituents to start rattling the chains of the constituency doors, of their office doors, of their emails, of their phone lines, of their social media pages, to ask them point blank, what is happening with UFOs? No longer are politicians going to be able to remain silent on this. And in fact, many of them are silent on it because they've never experienced it before. They've never experienced the rush of understanding their constituents want to know or having experiences themselves, whether it's sighting of dots in the sky or whether it's aliens grabbing them or Bigfoot in the forest or a ghost haunting their house. You see, the politicians don't understand the phenomena. And when you don't understand something and you cannot comprehend the knowledge that it takes to understand this, even one iota, they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to look like fools. They don't want to look like they are an embarrassment to a subject that could get them in trouble in front of the media. Look, my own politician here He is a shadow deputy uh, minister or critic to the Minister of Defense. He still hasn't sent me an email back saying, "Uh, Dave, remember that conversation we had about UFOs? Yeah, you might be right, Dave. Haven't had that conversation yet. I'm waiting. I want it to happen. But it isn't. So as citizens of whatever country you are listening to this from, Do yourself a favor. Get a hold of your federal elected officials. Email them. Phone them. Try and talk to them. And explain to them that you are passionate about this subject in learning what is going on. Eventually, we might be able to get an answer. Or two. Or three. That leads to some sort of disclosure. And that is your Dave 101. Let's get to Shirky Poo's news. What time is it? 
It's time for Shirky Poo's News! We're going to start off with a weird one here. Involving singer Phil Collins. Yeah. Yeah, his ex-wife, Oriane Seavey, and her former head of security, Frank Pala, have alleged that Collins' ex paid $30,000 to a black magic expert in an attempt to gain control over the singer. Paula claimed that CV had planned to put some substances in Collins' wine and makes mention of a black magic concoction. She allegedly wired the funds to a man in Colombia as payment for his magical services. Do you know anything about an effort to, I'm going to call it, poison Phil or give him unknown substances, Collins' attorney Jeffrey Fisher asked Paula in a deposition that was given back on April 2021, but was only made public after it was filed last month by CV's lawyer on an unrelated issue in the case. Paula replied, I heard about Mrs. Collins asking another employee of the house to do the same kind of magical things and pay for the services, and in return, put some substances in white wine for Mr. Phil Collins. It's like how you believe in black magic from Columbia, whatever you want to call it. She and Paula never discussed the alleged plans. He claimed he heard about it from CV's former personal assistant. When Paula was asked his thoughts on what CV was trying to accomplish by putting this black magic on Phil, he opined, maybe trying to empower herself over him. It's unclear whether CV actually received anything from her Colombian contract. Collins, who is now 71, is currently in a legal battle for with his 48-year-old ex uh, wife over the sale of their $40 million Miami home. CV says she was promised half of the earnings from the sale of the house, something which Collins denies. Oh, black magic. That's terrible. Nothing is certain in this life except death and taxes, and men continually being convinced they've spotted Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, let's get into this. The mysterious hairy creatures are part of North American folklore, but some folks say they exist. Maybe some of our listeners and guests as well. Go figure. Well, let's get into it. There's a video out there where men think that they actually found a Bigfoot. Yeah. In the footage uploaded to a TikTok account at Cryptid University, the men can be seen driving through a forest on a track with branches across it. A caption in the video says, Notice the tree that blocks the road. Top of the tree has been snapped. Then as they motor on, the passenger conveniently pans to the driver, and there in the background is majestic footage of what looks to be a Sasquatch, or because the report has a skeptic writing it, a man in a furry suit-like creature running through the trees. Alas, they mustn't have spotted old Bigfoot until they watched the back footage. So, once again, the big, clumsy, slow Bigfoot seemed to get away. Weirdly, people didn't seem convinced by the footage, with many pointing out it all seemed too conveniently shot. One person commented, So funny the camera was already pointing that way. Another said, Notice how he was talking to his friend but didn't have the camera centered on him till they accidentally filmed the Bigfoot? So, we'll all have to go check it out on TikTok and see if it's real or not. I'm going to side with not. Scary one here. Passengers on a Pennsylvania amusement park ride were left suspended upside down in the air during a mid-ride malfunction. Kennywood Park in West Mifflin 
confirmed the Aero 360 ride malfunctioned and left riders stranded upside down for a short time. Maintenance staff responded quickly, brought the ride back to its designated rest position, and safely evacuated the riders, said General Manager Mark Pauls. Pauls said three riders visited the first aid center as a precaution before returning to the park. The ride will remain closed while the review is conducted. I think that's one of the scariest things, getting stuck on a ride like that. And finally... Help can come from unexpected directions when you most need it, like from a dead pet hamster. In an unbelievable series of coincidences, a Singapore man who received a death sentence for drug trafficking has been taken off death row, and it's all because he made a friend in prison who happened to have a tattoo of a hamster. Raj Kumar Alichami was arrested in 2015 for purchasing four pounds of cannabis. At the trial, he insisted that he didn't mean to buy the weed, but butterfly, chemical-laced tobacco that imitates the effects of marijuana. So, when they went and checked it out, they realized that the man who he bought it from didn't sell it to him. And he was in prison with a tattoo of a rat on his head. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Twitter, and the Space Travelers Club. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, make a mistake. We're watching. We own the night, Mister Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. When you need business mobility solutions that are more than just business as usual, you need Enterprise. A trusted partner, Enterprise has the expertise to help you go the extra mile. For the short term, for the long haul, and everywhere in between. So go with someone who thinks outside the box truck and get custom transportation solutions that maximize productivity, reliability, and savings. Go with Enterprise and start driving business. It's another hurricane season, and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov.